Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. I added a tiny bit of cream to it this morning, and that helps um, just sort of blunt that sharp edge a little bit. Um, oh, and now I splash it on my keyboard. Great. Oh, sorry. I was messing with the keyboard and um, getting it dried off. And I guess I started the, the show again. Maybe I'd better start over. Should I start over? Or shall we just keep it for the verisimilitude? Here we are, verisimilitude. Let's start over. Um, today is Monday, January 31st, 2022. 2022. It's hard to say. Uh, last day of January. We are officially 8% of the way through the year. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to me. I felt like January flew by. My mother said no, but she's never liked January. She's hated it her whole life. So, um, yeah, so before I forget, because I wrote it on a sticky note because I forget, I forgot last week. Um, I'm giving a workshop this weekend on Saturday, February 5th here in Santa Fe uh, at Beastly Books, uh, George R. R. Martin's bookstore. I am talking about crossing the streams and why it isn't always bad, um, adding romance to SFF or other genres. If you're here in Santa Fe or local-ish, um, they're going to allow like six people to be there in person. Um, mostly because I said I just hate teaching to an empty screen. Uh, but it will also be streamed. So I will put um, a link in the link tree, um, in the show notes and so forth. So be watching for that because I think it's not available yet. I think um, the manager Twig is still figuring that part out. But you can contact me and I can... Um, give you his email address so you can register for that. So yeah, come and join in. It's going to be at like um, three o'clock mountain time on Saturday, February 5th. And then also there is going to be a panel that we are going to be doing partly in person and partly uh, and also streaming. So on February 19th at, um, let me see. Okay, so I realized I've been talking away here and not recording. <laughs> this is a Monday, right? Someone is having a case on the Mondays. Um, <laughs> I'm tempted to start over, but I don't want to. So I think that I failed <laughs> to... Uh, oh, should I restart? No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. We're just going to have it, this be the blooper podcast. I think I failed to properly resume after I checked to make sure on the details of the panel. So I'm sorry if I'm repeating. 
you all, all can laugh at me. Uh, okay, so I was wondering why, like I only had three minutes of the podcast so far. I'm like, wow, you know, I've got all kinds of time today. Oh my God. Um, okay, so the panel, February 19th, 1 p.m. Mountain Time. I do have a link to register for that. It's free, but you need to register. I will put that in the show notes. I will put it in my link tree bio. Um, it's going to be really fun. Uh, Dorinda Jones is going to come up and spend the night with me. And Emily Ma, who lives here in town, will be there. And we're going to broadcast live from the Jean Cocteau Theater. So that will be delightful. And we are going to um, also have Bella Roth. I think that's how she says her name. She lives down in El Paso. She's not sure if she's going to come up physically or join in virtually. And H.R. Uh, Moore, Harriet Moore, is going to join in virtually. And this is all to celebrate fantasy romance. February, Faro, Feb. I may have said that already, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. You know, this... This is the real me. So um, yesterday, Saturday, I had lots of meetings, way too many meetings. But yesterday, I achieved an unplugged day. And I went down and met my friend Kathy, who writes as Katie Lane, um, at the Tamaya Resort. And she and I uh, had a great time celebrating her birthday. I did not turn on my computer all day, so that was perfect. We... um, sat in the steam room and we sat in the hot tub or the whirlpool and talked writing and then she had a massage and I had a facial. I've spent a lot of time talking about this facial already but um, can you tell if you're on video can you tell I got a facial? You may not be able to tell but I can tell and this is the first time that I've ever had a facial that I felt like it really made a huge difference. I don't generally like them. I always feel like I come away looking more spotty and irritated, <laughs> which fits my personality, right? Ha ha ha. But this was amazing. And the reason I had this is because they're not doing body treatments. Normally I love to get like a scrub or a wrap. I don't necessarily like massages unless it's someone I know really well already. Um, I'm kind of weird that way, but apparently there are more people like me than I realize because I've mentioned that other people are like, oh my God, I just, if it's the wrong person, I just hate them touching me. Um, so with wraps, it's not the same because they're like not trying to dig in and manipulate as much. So, but they're not doing them. And so I ended up going for the facial instead. And this is the age defying facial, age defying. Uh, but it was great. Uh, this gal was just amazing. And I asked her why they weren't doing the body treatments. And she said, oh, because of COVID, because of the pandemic. And I was like, huh, that actually doesn't make any sense. And she goes, right, I know, (laughs) which I appreciated um, because there I am getting my facial. I don't have a mask on. She had a mask on, but she's right over me. And, (laughs) you know, so Doing that, you have much more likely transmission, right? Small room, two people. Um, You know, we were both vaxxed and boosted, so we weren't, you know, we'd made the choice to be there and we weren't too concerned about it. But, you know, it's like she's not going to get something from me doing a body treatment that she wouldn't get doing a facial, and they're still doing massages. So this is the thing that's really weird to me about um, 
some of the pandemic stuff because they're like going off of, I understand in the early days when we didn't know what transmission was or how contagious it was, but you know, now there's a lot of really good data, but places like this are apparently like not making decisions according to data. And the guy was telling me that I have a couple of um, inclusions that are called condones. I've never heard of this before, but, um, and it sounds vaguely dirty to me, but that's just me and my brain. Uh, so she was telling me how to get rid of them. And she said, normally she could lance them for me, but they took away all of their lances. She said, because of COVID, you know, and it's like, it makes me think of like the AIDS pandemic, you know, AIDS was transmitted through fluid transmission. Um, you know, but, but COVID is not COVID is aerosols. So, I mean, it's just weird. It's, it's like, I totally am on board with being protective and being safe as possible, but you know, according to the science, right? Uh, not according to these random, Oh, you know, Oh, we can't have people lancing the, the condones. Okay. So anyway, um, just in case, workshop this Saturday, February 5th at 3 p.m. I'll put that in the show notes and then the panel uh, later in February on the 19th at 1 p.m. All times mountain time because that is where I live. Um, yeah, so Friday I got another 3,000 words. Uh, so I had a 15,000 word week and it was great. It felt so good. And one thing that Kathy and I were talking about was just the difference in attitudes that different writers have. Um, you know, she was talking about how when her mother died that she contacted her editor and said she was going to have to turn her book in late. And her editor was very sympathetic and, you know, and said how late and, um, you know, clearly mentally rearranging production schedules and stuff. And I could tell you, Kathy was like devastated. She was so broken up by her mother's death. She turned that book in two weeks, like people, two weeks. Um, and we were just talking about, I totally understand, you know, that people are feeling, you know, not creative with the pandemic and so forth. But, you know, for many of us, if you are, th this is my opinion and, you know, and I totally, understand if I don't want anyone out there to feel pressured by this, but this is my perspective um, because I pay the bills with my writing and, and I don't pay them easily. I, I don't have a lot of margin. I am not one of these authors who is getting $250,000 advances um, or making millions of dollars. I am not George R. R. Martin worth millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, it's very interesting because I said to someone the other day, oh, my hairstylist, because I got my hair colored too um, on Friday, that I said um, that I, you know, had recently discovered how much George R. R. Martin is worth. And, and I told him and he said, oh, I thought he would be worth much more than that. And it's funny because, you know, when you tell someone that, um, and I don't feel like I could say it here on the podcast, but when you say that someone has is worth hundreds of millions of dollars and they say, Oh, I thought he'd be worth more than that. It's like, 
do you can you even conceive of hundreds of millions of dollars i mean that's a lot of money <laughs> um it's just funny so uh I got distracted thinking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, so that is not me. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to be, well, last year I did make six figures on my writing. Woohoo. Thank you. But you know, that's, we have, um, you know, I'm supporting my husband and we self-insure and, uh, we have a, you know, maybe a nicer house than we should have. And all of these things that require, um, you know, paying the bills. And so, it's it's about all I can do to pay the bills with my writing. So for me, not being, not feeling creative, not, you know, not meeting my deadlines, not getting the work done. And caveat, obviously I'm not meeting my deadline on Gray Magic, but I'm coming close. <laughs> I'm still going to get it out in February, I promise. Um, it's probably going to be February 28th. I haven't pushed the release date yet, but it's going to be like February 28th. I just want to make sure because I think this is my last chance to push the release date. Um, but you know, I don't have the luxury of not feeling creative and, and Kathy was saying the same thing that, you know, she is like, um, you know, I, I don't get to wait for the muse. <laughs> you know, we, we write anyway. And I do think that if you want to be, a career author, if you want to make a living as an author, then you have to adopt that attitude. Um, I often think of the quote by Eudora Welty, who said, I don't sit down to write when I'm inspired. I sit down to write in case I'm inspired. Uh, I think it's very, very true. And I talk a lot about uh, Neil Gaiman, uh, talking about that writing a novel is a process of laying bricks and you know that you work on it every day whether you feel like it or not and some days feel great and some days are like pulling teeth um, or I don't know making baking bricks in your oven by shaping them by hand we'll mix analogies here but and and he's and I and I feel like this is really important because I have this exact same experience that, you know, those writing days that feel great, that's awesome. Um, and the writing days that suck really suck. But when you go back and read over the book, and this is what Neil Gaiman says too, he can't tell which things he wrote when he was feeling wonderful and fantastic and which things were written on the sucky days. And it was true for me too. Um, I, I can't tell the difference. So, you know, I don't think we can conflate that feeling of being inspired with the quality of the work. And if you are a working writer, if you're trying to, um, you know, make those deadlines and, you know, be reliable, get things out on time, earn money so that you can make a living at it, you have to treat it like a job and treating it like a job means working. If you, even if you don't feel creative, I don't know how often I ever feel like, like, Ooh, I feel creative. I'm just going to go flow this in. Um, that's just not how it feels to me. Maybe that's how it feels to some people, but, um, yeah. So that's my experience. That's my opinion. Um, 
you know, it, it really depends on what you're trying to do. I, I did some coaching for a new person on Friday afternoon. And when I coach a new person, those are some of the first questions that I ask is what do you want from your career? You know, what are you, what are you looking for? What is your financial situation like? What are you trying to, um, how fast are you trying to earn money from your writing? Because these things are really important. And there are people, you know, who are, um, like I know of one author friend who is very dreamy about it and writes when she's inspired and she, um, you know, has this really ideal kind of writer's life. And I know a lot of writers who want this kind of writer's life, the writer's life where, you know, they get to just sort of, um, you know, do all of these things, you know, like the movie montage version of a writer's life. But she has a spouse who works full time, works very hard and provides the benefits and it enables her to not worry about whether or not she's bringing in money. Um, and I, and I've seen some writers say, oh, well, don't, don't attach your, your writing to your money making, you know, have a second job. I think, um, well, I'm not gonna be able to think of her name offhand, uh, has said that, you know, that, oh, well, attaching it to money making will destroy your creativity. And, you know, I just cry bullshit on that. Um, but it all depends on what you're trying to do. Right. So one thing, and I'm almost out of time, despite my, uh, <laughs> my snafu at the beginning. Um, one of the things that this gal asked me, cause she's getting ready to query a book. And she said that she's seen the advice about sending out your best work, you know, and okay. So this is like one of my least favorite pieces of advice that come from agents and editors. My least favorite piece of advice that comes from writer is, write a really good book. And my least favorite piece of advice that comes from agents and editors is always send your best work. The reason that these are terrible pieces of advice is because nobody knows what this is. It's empty advice. Um, authors saying, well, the first thing you have to do is write a really good book. It's like, oh, well, gee, here I thought I was going to write a really shitty book and try to get away with it. Um, Writing good, a really good book is subjective. Newbie authors don't know what that means. Arguably, many more mature authors don't know what that means. And it's, it's not, there are a lot of really good books that never get published. That's why that's bad advice. Send your best work, especially for newbie authors. You don't know what your best work is. And it's not like you're sorting through your piles of here are my 10 manuscripts that I want to query. Should I send the one that I think is the best or should I send the crappiest? Of course, you're going to send the one you think is the best, um, but it's crippling. And, and that's this gal was very reassured, I think, I hope, by what I said, because, you know, it's like just try to erase those words from your brain because it's not helpful. You, you know, could your work be better when you send it in? Maybe that'd be great. Uh, but you don't necessarily know how to make it better at that point. You don't know what they think is better or best. You know, basically what they're saying, what, you know, is that they don't want to have to wade through stuff that they feel is a waste of their time. And it's like, well, golly gee whiz, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
you know, it would be really nice if we could just hand you all blockbusters. And I'm sure they would love that, but that's just not life. That's not how things work. So, um, yeah, just flens that advice uh, from both of those pieces of advice from your brain. Um, and, and just don't worry about it because, you know, and one thing that this guy, this gal and I were laughing about, I said, you know, it could be that my, like my best work may yet be ahead of me. I might write my best work or what people will think is my best work when I'm 73. So do I wait until I'm 73 to send in stuff just so I'm not wasting some rando agent's time? Don't worry about wasting their time. Uh, this is their job. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Same with editors. Uh, they want people to not waste their time, but you know, we all want people to not waste our time. And you don't know that you will be. So ignore it. Forget it. On that note, I'm going to go on with my day, hopefully with fewer mishaps. Um, I will... Rem oh no, I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, this was better, having the coffee with a slight bit of cream and in the big coffee cup. So I know you're all relieved. Note the glowing facial skin. Age-defying. Um, I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great Monday. And uh, you all take care. Bye-bye.